to it. It is mighty and powerful. Amen. The word and what the Lord is doing. Amen. In his body, his church. Amen. I want to be participating in area in every area that I can with him. Amen. Because I know he's coming back for his church, his bride. Amen. Amen. Let us turn our Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. Amen. Chapter 19, verse 2 says, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Amen. I, uh, holiness means consecrated or separated unto God. It's not about what we're separating from, but who we're separated to. Amen? God is holy, and I want to be separated unto him. Now, it's funny because when I first started this walk with the Lord, that was kind of foreign to me, you know? I didn't know... He was calling me to certain things. But I realized as I got closer to God, he began to reveal some things that he wanted me to be separated from. And, you know, the Lord will speak to you if you're if you constantly have your mind on him and you're looking towards him and drawing nearer to him, he'll speak to you. And, you know, most of the time he spoke to me was at an altar. I, uh, I had trouble getting to the altar at times. I, uh... I would see everybody, you know, worshiping and praising. And, you know, I would question sometimes myself and my thoughts. I was battling. I'm like, I don't know why my wife brings me all the time, you know. And sometimes I even thought the people were crazy, you know. It was like, oh, man, these guys are always happy and always cheerful and, you know, yelling and, you know, thankful for so much. But I wasn't there yet. I didn't know what they were thankful for. And I said, it's between me and you, God. I'm going up. That's what I did, Azario. I fought all the way up. Oh, man, my thoughts and my mind, everything was against me. Everything. It was like, oh man, every issue, all these things were just so bottled up inside of me. But when I went up front, oh man, to that place, anointed of the Lord where he spoke to me. I'm telling you, it was like the heavens opened up at that moment. And the Lord said, I got plans for you. If you'll obey and trust, I got plans for you of where I'm taking you. But first, you got to submit when you hear that calling, when God will call you. Now, after that, it always, 
it wasn't easy after that either. And I began to do Bible studies, and I just, I wanted to tell everybody about God from my experience that I had. You know, that was the day he filled me with his spirit. And I felt such an overwhelming love from him that he would care about me. Someone with so much failures. Someone with so much hurt inside that he would even consider of using me or speaking to me. But he did. Let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 3. And it says, I've been stuck here for a while. I think the Lord's illuminated some things in my walk with him. He says, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. We see here the Lord calling Moses for his purpose. And he's going and he sees this burning bush. And man, he sees and well, he, he's amazed by it because it's not burning. It's not being consumed. And he's drawn to it. <sighs> Moses out there tending sheep. <laughs> Little guy here. <laughs> I feel that sometimes when I go feed my wife's ducks and chickens. <laughs> the norm everything's going good time to feed the chickens and the ducks time to feed the little sheep and then something miraculous begins to happen to him in the unexpected place where God will call you and I think, you know, it's always unexpected whenever he calls you or he's wanting to do something in you. It's always a time when you don't expect it. You're busy. Other things are preoccupying you. And all of a sudden, God's voice. I, uh. I was marveled at this point in my life, you know, when me and my wife, we were going through some financial things. And we were battling, you know, of, man, paying bills and, you know, all these things that were just bombarding us. And my wife, you know, she was in the car by herself and she said, she said uh, she just heard the Lord reaching out to her. And she was like, Lord, you know, she, she pulled over and she started praying. And she asked the Lord, you know, help me to find a place, you know, where you want to lead me a, a job that will, that will help us. And she said she opened the newspaper and man, there it was, looking for, you know, everything that she wanted. She went over there. Man, he hired her on the spot. And uh, she began to develop a relationship with him. And he said, you know, I'm looking for another person to work. 
you know, maybe nights, something like that. She said, oh, my husband, he's looking for work. <laughs> I was in a place where, you know, I, I was just getting, I wasn't getting a, enough hours and, you know, a way to provide for my family. So I go and he takes one look at me and he says, man, I can use you. You're fit. And I said, well, thank you, you know. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you'll do. Little did I know he was thinking about some things, you know, where he was going to use me. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, at first I was loving it, man. I was there at work and, you know, everything seemed to flow in its exact place and time. But then it started getting rough. He said, hey, Louis, I need you to help me with something. And he said, uh, you mind helping me with that? And I said, uh, sure. I'll agree with you. <laughs> Careful. Careful with sometimes agreeing with someone else. Because whomever you agree with, you're giving them consent, strength, purpose. Their purpose becomes your purpose. There's power in agreement of whatever you give yourself to. And man, I was in agreement with God. I said, this is from you. I'm agreeing. Let's do it. He said, okay, we need to dig a ditch here because this right here, there's a lot of water here and I need it to go somewhere. So we're going to start from here. I said, that seems easy enough. What do you want me to do? Dig a hole? He said, oh no. <laughs> we're going down. And we're getting us some rock. So we went. <laughs> we got some rock. Big pile. And I said, oh, man. We started digging. Well, I did. <laughs> man, that was a week's worth of digging. And I'm telling you, that thing we dug was far. And then taking the dirt. I said, I'll just dump it over here. Oh, no. I got plans for that dirt. We're taking it over here. <gasps> and that was, oh, man, it turned from a little job that I thought in my mind, that I perceived in my mind of what I thought I was looking at turned into something else. But, oh, man. I don't know if it was making me stronger or more hungrier or, <laughs> or more dehydrated. I don't know. You fill in the gaps. Oh, man. I was there and my boss, you know, thankful that he was patient with me. And all this time I'm thinking so many things and I'm like, and then all of a sudden... Here it comes. It's, you know, uh, Thanksgiving time. And my boss was, you know, he was pretty generous. He would put money in envelopes and he'd give it to his workers. You know, and I was there and I was getting ready for mine. I needed that. The Lord knew I did, man. There were so many times I prayed, Lord, give me patience. You know, give me understanding for him. Give me all that, you know, what I need. You know what I need, Lord. And it was like, hey, Louis, would you give this to so-and-so? Would you give this to so-and-so? And mine never came. 
you know, sometimes God has us doing things. Well, let's read a little further. Verse 2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire and of the mist of a bush. And burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. What the bush, the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. I don't believe Moses understood. But I know that there was just something inside of him that said, I need to obey and I need a do. I got to just take these sandals off and recognize that I'm on holy ground. That his presence is in the midst of me. And he's calling me to something. You know, in the beginning, we can't see that. That's why I begin to question, and I'm like, Lord, is this where you truly have me? I didn't get no bonus. Man, I've been sitting all this time, and now you've sent me to Mattawa. And I've been there. And all these things, you know, I, I've obeyed your voice to where you're taking me. But I didn't get no check, no monies. And God taught me a lot through that, of being submitted to him. And he revealed some things in my heart that I didn't know were there. And as I began in my prayers... Asking him, he began to reveal. Now, is it because I just bless you that you've come all this way? Or are you truly searching and seeking after me? Are you truly following after me? Is your heart really with me? Do you truly agree of where I have you? Do you really agree that you have a purpose and a calling that I've called you to? Because I realized when God speaks to you that way, you're going to begin to think of where your heart and your thoughts are and your mind if truly your whole strength and your inner being is with him. So I began to just seek him more and said, Lord, lead me where you want me. Give me that faith that I don't have right now to get me to where you want me to go. And he did, man. The Lord provides. But you got to recognize. You got to obey and submit yourself to the will of God. Not to a man. But to God. Because then the man of God in my life, 
he was able to speak some things into my heart. When I became submitted to God, I allowed them to speak into my life. Uh, where are we here? Verse 5. And he said, Draw nigh hither. But put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Mm. The Lord says, you can't come to me yet. Because what you're still holding on to has to come off. There is a purpose and a work that he does in us to draw us closer and closer, deeper and deeper in depths that you have not been with him. But you cannot see those things until you draw closer. Until you set yourself apart to him. You allow him to work in you. And yes, sometimes it's the things that you love and you're holding on to when he asks of you. I don't know. I don't know if I can let go of that. I don't know. I've carried it for so long. I don't know if I could put that off. And I think sometimes we keep God at a distance. Because we're afraid sometimes. And we allow that fear to control us of where he's taking us. I'm just telling you because I went through that. Verse 7 or verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Mo. Oh, the God of Isaac, or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the land of Egypt, of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites. And the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. God's unfolding his plan to him. And he says, come now, verse 10, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You know, a lot of the times we know when we're going the wrong way. And when we know when we're holding on to things in our past. And then all of a sudden God comes and asks of us. And I don't know about you, 
But I was like, oh, man, I know he's going to call me to something. I know that it's been confirmed in my life now that I have a calling and that he's taking me somewhere. And I know he wants to take me deeper. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You can't let fear control you. Because you're never going to see the will of God pass in your life. Because it's like going around in circles, resisting the will of God of where he's trying to take me. The things he's trying to do. And it's simply, you know, fear. But you don't have to be afraid. God will equip us. He will give us what we need of wherever it is he's sending us. I didn't know what I needed when I was going to Mattawa. But he revealed it. He provided it. He gave it when I needed it the most. Faith, strength. He says, verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Questioning himself. That I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. We do that. We question ourselves and our abilities and our strengths. But see, my confidence is not in my flesh. My confidence is in him. This is what I've learned throughout my walk. To have confidence in him. Of where he's taking me. His purpose. If not, you'll be consumed by the issues of life. And all these things that are arise. Whatever it is, your pain, your hurt. Your disability, whatever it is. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? I see Moses here now. Deflecting it on the people. Your walk with God is not based on what other people think about you. Or the way they see you. I struggled a lot with that. With the approval of my mom my family I wanted you know I wanted them you know to know that God was sending me somewhere but they were like oh it's just it's just a phase you're going through 
She's all, yeah, it's good and wonderful, but, you know, don't you think it's just a little too much? Oh, no, you can't do this. There's always going to be people that will say things that will hurt you. Things that will offend you. But you can't allow that to get in the way of you and God in your walk with God. His purpose. I want to see the will of God fulfilled in my life. I want to see what he has for me. I don't want to just start with a good start. I want to finish no matter what comes my way. I don't need the approval of others when it's between me and him. He's the only one that I need approval from. I'm not waiting for somebody to tell me, oh, you did good. Oh, man. I want to do it for him. Because I love him and he has a place for me. And I'm thankful for all that he's done to this point in my wife and in my children and my family. And Moses said unto him, or, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, What shall I say? Or the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. And God said, moreover, unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the land of affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, Hezbuzites. Verse 18, And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us in the wilderness, that they may sacrifice to the Lord. God will give you what you need. God will provide it. He knows already. We got we to gotta walk by faith. And believe and trust in him. That's something I... I have... To continually work upon is trusting in him, trusting in him in every situation that comes, going, getting myself up and praying. Man, you know, sometimes it hasn't been easy. And I missed the mark. 
but I got to get past those failures of where he's taking me. Let me see. Uh, he says, let's go to chapter four. We're going to read. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is it that, what is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it, Became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. He sees this snake, he sees the rod that the Lord gives him, and it turns into a snake. And man, he jumps back. I don't know if it's sometimes, you know, if it's things that we've dealt with before, you know, because, man, I've seen some snakes sometimes, you know, in, in the garden or, you know, in the neighbor's house, <laughs> slithering along, and, it, man, it just, you know. But it's interesting because, you know, we know when Moses fled from Pharaoh out of the land of Egypt, he killed somebody. And he tried to hide them in the sand. And now he sees this snake. And he remembers, man, Pharaoh was after me. He was going to bring justice to what I did. You know, I don't know if they had, you know, the death penalty or what back then, but I'm sure it was a harsh punishment. And Moses... <laughs> looks at that snake and all of a sudden now he's reminded of everything all his failure his mistakes his impulse you know sometimes we do things that don't make any sense out of impulse. And then it's like we don't want to pay the consequences for it. We're operating in our own flesh. We're leaning on our own flesh. And it's like, oh man. I don't think I can reap the consequences of this. I think it's just best to keep it hidden, you know, and out of the way. But God brings those things to the surface. He brings those things to the surface to show us that those things in our life will always keep us from his promises, from his goodness, and of where he's taking us. And I see Moses, man, he gets past that. He grabs that staff. And he says, I'm just going to obey. I'm going to go. Even though I'm afraid, I'm going to go. And man, 
I, uh, I see him before, too. You know, he's talking to the Lord and telling him, you know, I'm just not of eloquent speech either. But the Lord doesn't let us get away with it. <laughs> you know, after Moses told him about that, you know, my flesh, you know, it's, it's got all these, these issues with it. You know, how can you send me if I can't speak? I don't know the words of what to say. And the Lord says, you know what? Fine then. I'll give you Aaron. But you're going to be like God to Aaron. You're going to be his mouthpiece to speak to him. And then he's going to be your mouthpiece to speak to the people. But I'm not going to manifest myself the way I did to you when I called you. I'm not going to manifest myself to him. You will be like God to him. God's not going to choose someone else. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. But you got to put the work in. You got to labor in his kingdom of where he's called you to. And work is tough. <laughs> Man, sometimes I didn't want to get up when it was time for work. <laughs> I was used to sometimes sleeping in. You know, when God calls us, he takes us into deeper levels of our abilities, of things that we never thought we could do. I told the Lord, I'm like, oh, man, Lord, I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't want to do it. But I realize he's calling me, and I can't be lazy. I got to labor in his kingdom. He'll give you the strength. Even though you're feeling weak, the flesh is not willing but the Spirit is. And Moses goes, and man, he's given it all to Aaron. You know, what I've noticed in, you know, how God uses me and my wife a lot in Bible studies is that, you know, when you're ministering to others, you begin to be like, you know, God to them, a pastor to them. A shepherd to them. Because they're hearing from God through you. They want to know him the way you know him. They want to know how he has manifested himself to you. But there has to be a consecration. A separation to him. A holiness. That those that you lead, those that you give wisdom and counseling to of the word of God, has to flow from himself, him to, to them through you. The love of God has to flow to them. 
and you can't be, if I could say it, I don't want to offend anybody lazy. You got to work hard for it. You got to hear from God before you open your mouth. You got to wait on him sometimes. Even when you can't hear his voice, you got to continue to wait on him and his word of what that person needs to hear. You got to do that. Because those people will never excel if you don't hear from God. If you don't put in the work. If you don't pray. If you don't seek God for their well-being, for the blessing. Moses had to find courage. He had to trust in God. He had to let faith have its perfect work in him. He had to follow God by faith. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know. But I, I trust in you. I trust in you. And you're going to give me the words that are going to speak into these people. Oh, man. You know, that's one of the most beautiful things I see in Scripture. Is when Solomon is anointed king. Of Israel. Solomon was David's son. And all he asked the Lord for is. Give me the wisdom to lead your people. Give me the wisdom. To lead your people. To show them. Your ways. That your love will be manifested to them that they may know that you are all that they need. Can we, can we pray right now? Just right there where you're at. Father, blessed be your name. Your will be done, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, your will be done in each and every one, Lord God, that is here today, that has heard your calling, Lord God. You know if you, you've heard his calling in your life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, I trust in you, hallelujah, not on my abilities, Lord, hallelujah, not by my strength, hallelujah, not my fear or my anxiety, Lord God, whatever it is that's in my thoughts, Father, I trust in you, I trust in you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, avail yourself to him right now. If he's talking to you right now, if he's speaking to you, Father, I want to be available to you. Use me, Father. I don't know the time and the hour for, Lord God, when you're coming. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you have anything you want to share? Me? You know what I feel the Lord saying here from the very outset? Brother Rodriguez's uh, description of the word holy. Would you, re would you cite that again, Brother Rodriguez? Holiness? Yeah, what you said holiness was. 
Hope you don't mind if I sit down up here. Consecrated or separated unto God. It's not about what we're separating from, but who we're separating to God. Amen. Thank you. Let's have the musician come. Let's have our musician come. What I felt the Lord, the voice of the Lord saying from the very outset. You know, we are all called to be a witness. And I remember as a uh, early young believer, I had such a great desire to witness, having received the Holy Ghost. But I, like many, were afraid to open my mouth. I wasn't a communicator socially. I was a hide-in-the-background type of guy, happy to be there, sitting in the back. Okay? And that bled over into my everyday life on the job and even socially in the family. And so I... Uh, I remember the pain of not being able to open my mouth and speak, even if I felt like I had something to say. And then it was a progressive journey. Now, when we, when we consider the principle, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we know that is a, that's an establishing of priority. Seeking first the kingdom. So, if I'm seeking God first, I'm, think, I'm seeking the things of God first. I'm making it my highest priority. It's not, it's not what's left over. I was reading in Matthew this morning, and in one portion, I, no, it wasn't Matthew, it was in Malachi. I read the book of Malachi. And the Lord referenced many offerings you know, in Matthew 3, he talks about you've robbed me because you haven't tithed, blah, blah, blah. Well, he goes on, and one after the other, he speaks about their pitiful offerings. <laughs> Go and read it for yourself. And you could tell God was really agitated. He was saying, you're giving me blind offerings. You're giving me your leftovers. You're, you're, you're sacrificing these pitiful sacrifices. You think you're doing something great for me, and you're not doing anything but irritating me. Go read it for yourself. You pick up on God's attitude. And so we realize us putting him first is, is his highest priority in his dealing with us. But it's like early in our lives, we, you know, we were not fully persuaded or we're not fully convinced. We hear the elder people talk about that. You know, they've lived a long time. They've learned through the process. And you see them less attached to the things of this world. Less attached less attached never mind seeking or striving because they've learned through the years that making God and the work of God and my walk with God the highest priority he calls us all you know individually and, and differently in other words, we're not supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. But I can know when God has begun to deal with me about something. I'll give you a for instance. I used to snow ski sometimes twice a week. Sometimes I could ski on the weekend, then I could go up midweek when there was nobody using the chair, go up and down the mountain, white pass. I did that a lot in my earlier years, 19, 20, 21, 22. 
But the Lord dealt with me about that when I got married. And I, I haven't skied since. It wasn't a long, drawn-out, I don't want to. Maybe I, you know, uh, you know, I should pray about this. I should think about it. No, I just stopped doing it. And then, uh, you know, there were friends that I had done some sports with, played tennis, things like that. But there were things about that that God dealt with me about it. And so I, I made these adjustments. You know, that's the beginning of a long journey. And then through the years, see, it never stops. It never stops. There's always a place where the Lord says, I want to take you deeper. I want to take you higher. And it, and it always boils down to between you and him. And I believe there's a direct correlation to how far he'll take us, how deep he'll go with us in the things that we become unattached to. Now, I'm not talking about just stuff. I'm not talking about a ski boat or a race car. Unless the shoe fits. <laughs> but it's more about aspirations and desires that we fill our heart and life with. You know, you got to be careful about Instagram and Facebook and all the things that show you, all the things that are available to you that will draw your heart towards them. It's, it's all the media devices that we have today that's constantly bringing graphics in front of us and pictures, that home on the mountain, that cottage by the lake, that, you know, that you fill in the blank. We're living at a time when that's a constant barrage on our mind. And where we started this morning was a pulling away. A separating of myself. We, we always think about, well, okay, so I'll never, I won't do this anymore. I'll stop drugging. I'll stop smoking. I'll stop partying. I'll stop clubbing. That's not even in the group. It's truly down to the things that you aspire to. The things that you are longing for and seeking for. That you know, sometimes they never even leave your mind. Or they never, they're never voiced out. But see, that's why it's between you and the Lord. That you begin to let go of things. Or let me, I'm going to say it this way. You trade them away. Because deep calls unto deep. There's that longing that's on your heart and your soul that you know it's the Spirit of God. It's like an empty, it's like a, a, a God-sized hole that we try to fill, fill with life that can only be filled between us and Him in our communion and re relationship with each other. Now, I'm at an age, my wife and I are at an age right now where I would have thought a lot of those things were, should have all happened in my youth and through the years from 22 to 65. That's 42 years. That's a lot of years, enough time to get a lot of stuff accomplished. But it's almost like I feel more willing to surrender at this point in my life of things or aspirations or desires because I've, I'm getting it honed down to one desire. <laughs> I want to do what you want me to do. I, w I want to be where you want me to be when you want me to be there. I want to cooperate with whatever it is you want to do. But I'm not doing it for the treasure that comes. I'm not doing it for the rewards that may be ahead. It's doing it because that's now the longing on my soul. And it's not competing with anything. 
Oh, I, th- I just found the key word. It doesn't have to compete with anything. It's easy at that point for the Lord to just whisper and say, go over there or go to that place. Go see that individual. I, I can remember in my early walk when I just longed for that to happen and there was too many months between the times that it would happen to where I would have opportunity to uh, pray for somebody, witness to somebody, something where God would manifest himself and I would know, ooh, that was the will of God. Too many months in between those. Well, now at this later stage of life and because we have become separated maybe from aspirations, desires, there's, no, there's less to compete with. I've had experience of weeks now where it's every day, it's every day, it's every day. Sometimes it's four and five times a day. Now, I didn't experience that in my 20s or my 30s or my 40s or my 50s. This is why I'm saying this is a progressive journey. But I don't know where I said this at before, but I'll tell you what sometimes grandparents calendar on the wall looks like it doesn't have the hunting trip the ski trip the boat trip the vacation it says when the grandkids are coming next when the grandkids are coming next when the grandkids are coming next see there's a major shift in priorities or it's the things that are long you know that last long or eternally you don't have to let the the history of years happen to bring those changes in your life it comes with the understanding of if I'll if I will choose him now if I will seek him first now if I will make him and his will for my life the highest priority now Here's what we do sometimes. We stack it behind the car at 17 years age. We stack it behind getting married. We stack it behind having kids. We stack it behind having a house. Because these are life pursuits. And what happens is, is a lot of people put off, put off, put off, put off, put off, ever really selling out. The scripture says if you'll sell out now, all those things will come. Amen. I felt such conviction of soul here as you were speaking. The the spirit of God ministering through you to individuals for them to hear. Separate away unto me. Make these decisions now. You will witness a correlation of the hand of God moving in your life. You will see a correlation. Let let, let me give you the principle in Scripture. In Malachi 3, when he said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, he says, and see that I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that no room can contain. There's a correlation. If you'll do this, if you'll obey me, because what he had said to the people was, is you've left me. He said, return to me. You've allowed life and the pursuits of life to pull you away from me because they said, what do you mean? How have we left you? Here we are. We're here all the time. But it was a matter of the heart, of where their heart was. And he said, there's a direct correlation. You get your heart turned towards me and a right unto me. And there's things that I have withheld that I'm going to release. Now, I'm not talking about the fishing boat and the camper and all that. But the things of God that are treasure to him. He wants to release 
to us. This isn't a prosperity gospel, by the way. Now, I feel like there's many people here. You heard that voice from the very beginning when Brother Rodriguez read that description of holiness. Would you make your way to a conversation? Come and make your way to a conversation between you and the Lord of the things that he was speaking to you about. The things that he was speaking to you about. That only between you and him. 